Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. My name's Johnny and I'm your host and we've got lots of information in today's episode from a real expert. Um, So if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff, don't worry, in the show notes you'll be able to find all of the links. Now, one of the problems we have as small business owners is being flat out busy, running in all directions and um, keeping ourselves um, up to speed. Our own personal development can often be a challenge in terms of time. And one of the most important things we need to keep fit and healthy is our, is our brain. And today we've got a real expert who's going to take us through some of the things we can do to work out and uh, and you know keep exercised and improve the general fitness and performance of that um, very important organ. So, uh, hope you're going to enjoy this episode. So, as business owners, we, we're always just spinning plates, juggling balls, whatever whatever analogy you want to use. We we always have an awful lot on and staying organized personally organized is always a challenge we use lists we use bits of software so whatever whatever project management software or task driven software whether it's in your calendar we all have a system um, to try and keep ourselves organized on top of things and it's just the amount of information we have to absorb and new information as well it just seems to be constantly coming at us um, plus we're then developing relationships with people and widening our networks um, and remembering where we perhaps met somebody. And it, it's it's just a lot of information um, to try and juggle. And some people, it seems, are better at it than others. So I thought we'd be good thing to do to e- explore that a little bit and why that is. So what I've done is I've invited a guy um, onto the show who I've known for quite a lot of years now, Phil Chambers. Um, he's incredible. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a world champion. He's a grandmaster um, in, in the strangest of things he's a he's a mind mapping champion he's a memory champion and he's a speed reader um he's been part of the buzan organization so tony buzan was the original inventor of mind mapping and uh and phil was very close to tony while he was uh, alive and is featured in many of his books and many of his training courses for the work he's done he's president of the guild of mind sports arbiters which is uh, which is very niche as well but you know, he is absolutely the the top of his field. Um, prior to entering training profession, which which he's in very much training on these techniques, Phil worked as a computer program for a high street bank and also had a science background from university. So one of the things he's done is he's taken this and um, used his scientific background and applied all these memory techniques to the areas of um, sort of real analytics um, and mathematics. So Phil, really, really good to have you on. I've, I've probably frightened off our listener right now because, uh, you know, I'm saying how niche this is, but welcome on to Saturday Strategy, Phil. It's my pleasure to be with you, Johnny. No, no problem. Uh, Phil, I, th- I think let's let's try and put this into some sort of practical context about how how this can apply to a, to a business owner. First of all, tell us what the sort of three techniques that you cover are and, and tell us why they're important to us as business owners. The first one, memory techniques. Memory, obviously as the name suggests, is being to recall relevant information, very important for business. Secondly, mind mapping, which is a tool for uh, analysing, integrating information together, making sense of information um, in a graphical format, 
and then thirdly speed reading which of course is taking information from the written word um, as rapidly as possible and also um, being discriminative it's discriminating about which particular bits of information are important because that's a key thing is um, reading and memorizing what's important not just what's there so those are the yeah. three techniques that, that i use in combination with each other and they, they reinforce each other okay and so tell us about well, well, well why don't you unwrap each of those separately a little bit and then perhaps we can explore how you link them together um well, first of all if you're looking at the workflow from information on the page to using it of course the first step is reading so you you um choose various different sources of information because of course one source is not generally going to be good enough of course there's a lot of fake news a lot of opinion out there so i mean just so just reverse up a little bit and give me a bit of context bill when we talk about speed reading what's what's a fast read and what's a slow reader how, how do you even measure these things reading is measured by words per minute so this is the number of words you read in, in a set amount of time and average reading speed is about 200 to 250 words a minute and a number of years ago, United Nations had a conference, uh, UNESCO, and they actually determined that 400 words a minute is what they called functional literacy. So the speed you need to read to keep up with the information you're generally bombarded with on a, on a daily basis. So most people are reading at half the minimum effective reading speed. Wow. If you look at someone who's trained to, be, to speed read, they're reading at upwards of a thousand words a minute. That's about one tenth of one percent of the population read at that kind of speed naturally. With techniques, you can easily achieve that. So, Phil, just let's just rewind a little bit and get those numbers. You said a tiny proportion are what we'd call really fast readers. Did you say 0.1%? Yes, 0.1% are reading at 1,000 words a minute and thereabouts, and naturally. Yeah, that, that's the elite, and you'd expect there to be an elite in everything. So then then we take the, the remaining 99.9% .9 of us. What percentage did you say are, what did you say, half the speed of what's functionally literate? The majority of people, you take someone off the street, most people reading between 200 and 250 is the range of average reading speed across the population okay that's that's quite a that's quite a below isn't it the chances are and right now if you're listening to this the chances are that you're functionally illiterate most of the people i, I get my courses are starting around that kind of speed even if they're professionals they're still that kind of speed okay well let's let's not insult anybody here phil i think i think i think we're all in this together then that's that's just the Absolutely. state of the world that's the state of the world and there's no judgment here is there on that it's no, and no, it's not at all not at all it's how you were taught to read at school you've not been taught anything different since then so it mm. makes sense that even if you've got a degree or a phd you're probably still reading about the same kind of speed because that's the way you were taught to read okay okay we're going to delve back into this in a bit i'm, I'm fascinated by this so that was speed reading talk us about the other two areas which i think were memory and mind map mind mapping when in the steps you start with the reading, then you mind map. So mind mapping is a way of organizing thoughts. So it's taking the essence of the information there, summarizing it so it makes sense, connecting different pieces of information together. And you can then do that visually on a page. You can then see the context of everything. If you take linear notes, it could be across multiple, multiple pages. If you've got mind maps on one page and you can see those connections, and it's the connections and the interactions that makes um makes sense of information, joins the information together. And then finally, you can use memory techniques and then memorize what's important and then have that available to access. You go into a meeting, you want to know the facts and figures for that meeting. You want to meet a client, you want to prepare. So these things that you uh, need to remember can be, uh, you can use mnemonic techniques to help you to do that. Hmm. I mean, I think, I think just in terms of 
that memory stuff are we talking here about some of the sort of if you like soft skills as well and things like you know somebody's somebody's mentioned the name of their children and you remember them or you remember you remember the sort of you know you remember her husband's name um those those kind of things absolutely business is all about relationships you interview people sell to people it's not about the product necessarily it's all about the relationships and as you say if you remember what the children were doing last time you spoke or the, the names of the the person you're speaking to first of all, obviously but then their, mm. their partner their um loved ones and so on if you can have a an intimate conversation in that way relating yeah. to them on, on a, a natural emotional level then that's going to be really beneficial for business yeah and of course memory techniques help you to remember all of this extra detail you would otherwise forget if you weren't using the the techniques to help you with that yeah, and I suppose even actually helping you remember the name of the person on the reception desk when you arrive, it, it all it all it all reflects well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Bill, let's just let's just let's just jump off this slightly and just have a little bit of fun. Tell us tell us a bit about your memory credentials. What how how good is your memory? Um, naturally reasonable. You know, I'm not uh, brilliantly gifted mem- in terms of memory, but I'm really got reasonably good memory. But of course, I use techniques, and when you use the techniques, then you become exceptional. It's a case of, of using them on a daily basis rather than thinking that you've got one memory technique and then that's it. You've, you've improved your mind. It's a case of deliberately applying the technique. So when I want to remember, uh, for example, giving a presentation, I'm going to do a lot is giving presentations. And you can memorize all the points you want to make in the presentation and speak without notes. And of course, you're speaking fluently without notes. Then you come across much better. Politicians, of course, know this. And, and some of them do it better than others. But if you've got a memory system to memorize each of the key points you want to make, then that's a really useful skill. Okay, okay. And, and to be a world champion, what did you have to demonstrate? I'm actually world champion memory. I'm on the more on the organizational side of memory. I have competed ah. way in the past. Yes. But now I'm on the arbiting and the the um, the side of organizing competitions. So okay. Therefore, I can't compete for right questions. Okay, you don't want to show them how good you are. What do you mean? <laughs> but I am championing mind mapping. Ah, mind mapping chart. So, okay. So let's stick with your let's 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 get back into the meat of this then, Phil. So, in terms of um, application of these skills, then, so we learn to meet, we learn to read a bit quicker. That that feels that feels like an an an, a, an easy win if there are some techniques we can take on board and learn that. And uh, you know, I, th- I think being able to, you know, I I was I was pride myself on being a good skim reader. But I know I probably miss a lot as a result of uh, as a result of that. So it's it's not just being able to read quickly; is it? it's been able to retain and take the information in. Skimming is a good technique to to basically decide which bits are important. You don't want to read irrelevant stuff. So if you skim it first, and you say, "Well, actually, this this document, you know, these particular sections are important; these bits aren't," and then you read speed read the bits that are important rather than reading everything. So yeah. it's yeah. about discriminating the important points, and skimming is a tool for doing that. Yeah, full disclosure here. I did. I did actually go through a uh, a course with Phil a couple of years, a few years ago. So, uh, so when I sort of say I think I'm a good speed, um, good skim reader, I, I think that was something that you taught me. So, uh, um, so yeah, so so skimming is, is good, but I think it's the retention part and being able to sort of pick out the pieces. But you know, the, the knowledge knowledge isn't everything, is it? It's the so what? What do we do? With, what do we do with that? And this is a real sort of personal development area. How do we how do we use this and practically? improve how we are as business owners and business leaders one thing is, is that information is now cheap you, know, you can get information from any anywhere go on to google information is, is at your fingertips so that's no longer knowledge is power it's not it's not the case anymore it's as you say it's so what's what we do with it it's important and of course 
um, what you need to do is to take information from the various sources and internalize that. Because if you don't have a, a memory of the information that's there, you can't make informed decisions or just uh, knee jerk every time you need something, Google it. You can't innovate because it's synthesizing new ideas is how you innovate. And of course, we don't innovate, then we're going backwards because our competition will be innovating. So the ability to memorize helps you to retain relevant information, join that together, connect that together, and therefore innovate and develop your business in that sense. We've already talked about relationships as a very important area. And also, interestingly, the more you exercise your mind, the better it gets. And there's actually some really good research showing that if you train your working memory, it actually improves your fluid, fluid intelligence, which is your ability to problem solve. So what's fluid intelligence? Fluid intelligence is um, a bit like your um, retaining information such you can join it together, link it together, and therefore use that then to solve problems. And um, it's, it's been shown to be a greater prediction of success like you. If you look at children's development to measure their working memory and therefore fluid intelligence, it's a much greater predictor of success. So it's, it's the ability to solve problems in a informed way, essentially. Okay, okay. So Phil, how, how can people give, give us give us some um, give us some games to play or some things to do that we could we could put into place right now to to to, to if you like um, um, start to, to 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 stretch our muscles a bit on this area. Memory is based on three key principles. You've got imagination, association, and location. So that means is you need to create an imagined situation in your mind very much as if you'd experienced it. So you convert data into an imagined experience and the brain naturally stores that. If you remember with the things you've done much better than the things you've been told to study. So it's, it's the way of this conversion. So I'll just give you a little tiny short story. And let's just imagine that story and then we'll unpack what that actually has, has uh, given you. So imagine you've got a, a, a giant fire hydrant in the street and connected that with some helium balloons. And the helium balloons are lifting it off the ground. And shining from the centre of the balloons is a, is a street, is a like a spotlight, a street, a stream of white light. And that's illuminating a, a lady called Beryl. Um, and Beryl has a pet wild boar that she used to, to excavate and dig up coal. That's probably enough. That's the first few. So you imagine you've got a, a hydrant, you've got balloons, you've got lights, you've got beryl, you've got a wild boar. So what is that actually? What that and, co and coal. Story? Sorry? And coal. And coal, yes. Well, I told you that, that silly story. Well, actually, these are my associations for the first few elements of the periodic table in order of atomic number, something you probably have to learn to school. So what does that mean? Hydrant, hydrogen, mm helium -hmm. balloons, mm -hmm. light is lithium, um, beryl, beryllium, boron, the bore, and carbon coal. So you can remember those in the sequence very easily by imagining a story. So any data you want to you want to memorize, you convert it into images, make associations, and then link those together in a story, or you can use the locations to do that. And then you just recall the retrace your steps, recall the information. So it's very, very simple, but you can remember lots of information very fast in that way. Of course, this is information. That's amazing. I think I, I think I could remember the first few items of the periodic table just based off that. That's brilliant. So so give me a, give me an example of the sort of thing that you might want to put into practice here in business. 
one of the big ones is names and faces, of course. So you can make an association between the name, the face, um, and form a picture in your mind to do that. So that's a really useful, practical, uh, daily basis one. Of course, if you've got facts and figures, you've got particular data you want to bring up in a meeting or talk to a client about, then you can encode those numbers into objects and memorize those in the same way as we memorize the periodic table. You just have a symbol for the numbers mm. that represents those. And there, there are standard symbol uh, techniques to help you to do that. So there's a, um, it's all about the conversion. It's the, the technique's all about the conversion from data to imagined uh, situations. Okay. Okay. So uh, if, if I had, if I had three, three things I wanted to talk about in a meeting, which were, uh, you know, uh, to do with LinkedIn or something, then, um, and it might be that I wanted to put them in a particular order that, so, so those things I wanted to talk about, I'd, I'd try and create some sort of story that I, in my mind. So quickly, when I think what comes next, it's, 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 it's the coal. So I know it's carbon. Um, yes. Yes. But, okay. Yeah, you can go forwards and backwards through the story. Well, a more advanced technique is using locations, locations in space, in a real, real um, ah. situation. And therefore, it's easier then to trace your way through that route yep. in your mind rather than thinking. So I know that li so lithium, so lithium comes before beryllium. I know that from your story. Yes. But it's, if, if you had, um, for example, with your three points you wanted to make your meeting, if you imagine the first point associated with the door of the meeting room, the second thing associated with the, um, the chair of the, the person chairing the meeting, and the third to do with the board table. You could then look at the door and think, oh, that was to do with LinkedIn. That's why I want to talk about that particular point. And then you can look around the room and then bring back to mind what's associated to those locations, which gives you a bit more anchoring in space. It's easier to, to work with that than thinking up a story necessarily. So why does the mind do this? Why, why can't I, because, okay, so I'm attaching these to my slightly crazy story or my imagery. Why does my mind work better to do that rather than to link it to the fact that well i'm going to talk about linkedin the chair and you know the you know the, the chair of the meeting and the, the people or whatever that list of things i had why is it easy to remember my story than it is the list it's because there are two types of memory essentially There's episodic and semantic memory episodic is things you do and the brain naturally remembers things you do we've, we've evolved to learn from experience it's, it's how humans have always um, survived is by their experience. So the brain is naturally attuned to learning from experience. Whereas giving data is a much more recent thing. We haven't, we've never really had to um, survive in, in olden days by, by the information that we were given. Mm. It was more about the experience. So the point is if you can convert the information we've given, this semantic memory, into episodes, episodic memory, into real things that you can imagine doing, the brain naturally associates and links that and stores that so it's really just to do with the fact that it's how the brain has evolved you know from prehistoric times really by learning from the things we've done i heard an amazing statistic the other day which was that over 90 i think it was over 99 percent of everything that's ever been written down in the world has been written down since the end of the second world war it's hugely massive massive explosion of information and everyone is a publisher now so information is now much more democratized of course mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this, this, we're, 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 we're drowning in it. And I think being able to make sense of it is something we're going to have to, uh, uh, get better at. And, and, and we, yeah, I think if we look around, we can see the people who are good at it and, and, and the people are less good at it. So Phil, this has been a, it's been a great, um, 
little toe in the water actually so so like i said at the beginning i've known phil for for a few years now and um phil i hope you don't mind me saying this but you are the ultimate geek when it comes to uh, mem- memory and mind mapping and speed reading aren't you definitely yeah, phobia, yeah. Phobia, yes so I, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna sort of look to improve in the area like this the person you need to go to is you need to go to the geek you need to go to the expert to, to do it I, my view is that for all of us we should all do we should all do a, a phil chambers um course at some stage in, in our personal career and phil tell us a little bit about what you're up to at the moment um well um developing courses obviously training uh, doing a lot more online a lot more um digital uh, learning and that sort of thing as well and um, also something that's that's coming up um next year because of course this year all the events have, have been uh, cancelled and postponed we're coming up middle of next year we're doing the um the world mind mapping championships online first time ever we've done it online and that's going to be a really interesting project i'm working on at the moment in uh, in sorting that out and getting everything ready for that and also the world speed reading championships as well and we'll, i'll give you the links to those um, with this this recording so you can find out more about those brilliant phil thanks very much for uh, for coming on and exploring this uh, this this slight sort of you know left turn in terms of uh, in terms of a subject area but actually uh, you know the most important you know the most important muscle in our body is probably our brain um and uh, and you know keeping it keeping it fit and keeping it healthy is is probably good advice for all of us and uh, and the way to, one of the ways to keep fit and healthy is to feed it with the proper stuff and to exercise it. So thanks very much, Phil. It's, as always, enlightening and slightly baffling and also just a little bit humbling as well to realise that I'm functionally illiterate. So thank you for that one. <laughs> so, Phil, thanks very much. Um, the, the show notes will contain all the links and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have another chat with you at some stage. Delighted to. Thanks, Phil. Thank you. So that is it for this edition of Saturday Strategy. Thank you for sticking with us to the end. I uh, hope you enjoyed meeting Phil. He is such a mine of information. And uh, if you if you want to invest in a bit of personal development, you could do a lot worse than speaking to Phil. He is fantastic. Um, if you've got any personal feedback or uh, feedback on this podcast, then please do reach out on WhatsApp using 07 977 That's my personal number, so you can always be assured of getting hold of me. Thanks again. Until next time. And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.